We are back, baby. We are back. We are back. Classic. We are back. That's we right. are back. We are getting Doug back. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best. Let's do this. on oh hey we're hey. back hey it's the uncle and the young bucks you got eric here brandon here and drew here man it's been a long time uh we took a little summer hiatus uh unplanned uh but we each have lives and and jobs and things were extremely busy in the sports world uh, but equally as busy on our in our outside personal lives uh you know i not to get too personal and to bore you guys to death, but uh, my daughter graduated high school and I moved her down to uh, college about four hours away, just busy coaching baseball and busy with life in general. Brandon, what have you been doing all summer? Man, I have been enjoying watching the Cleveland Browns not be the laughing stock of the NFL and instead watching Hard Knocks and getting to laugh at another team's fan base <sighs> and team. So that's part one, staying up to date on Cleveland Browns and other Cleveland sports. Two, I've been getting hyped about Ohio State football, which I actually attended the game this past uh, Saturday. And Justin uh, Fields looks like the deal, man. Oh, I'm telling you, he goodness, looks yes. like he needs to make decisions a little bit faster. Back well, in that, granted, back in that backfield. Yeah. First game, granted, you know FAU. You know, not don't get too hyped up. But I, again, I think I told you guys back in the past that he went to a school here in Kennesaw, Georgia, and he's a family friend of. Well, he's a friend of a uh, family friend of ours. So I've known about him for quite some time. So I was really excited to see him in that game, and he did not disappoint. But go on. Yeah, no, I, I think I think he looked good, and we can get into more of that later when we're you know we're doing talking football and guys being dudes. But uh, you know, I've been enjoying uh, hanging out with my my lovely girlfriend and getting to golf a lot more. And uh, nice. you know, that's been my summer golfing. I bought a bike. I bought a bicycle, oh. not a, not a motorcycle, because <laughs> that would make me look way cooler than I actually am. Um, so I bought a bike and I've been using that as a fun way to exercise because exercising is not fun and I'm trying to make it more fun. Drew, what's going on with you, man? How was your summer? Uh, my summer has been filled with soccer, soccer, and, uh, more soccer. Um, I'm an assistant coach with our high school team and, um, well, high school. I probably, uh, my, my, actually my high school Caldwell and oh, I, cool. uh, with you know, with our with our head coach's work schedule and stuff, I basically get to do a lot of behind the scenes stuff. So, like, you know, he's there for practice, but you know, any any extra time those kids put in, we're normally down there with them. So it's been fun. Um, you working with of, the boys or the girls? Uh, it's actually it's a boys team, but they're they're co-ed. So we got I think we've got four girls on the team um, and eleven guys, and we've so we've got some some younger kids that are learning we've had we have two kids that have actually never played um they showed up two weeks into the season so it's been interesting trying to get them up to up to speed on certain things um but they're learning and they're all coming out and uh you know wanting to learn so it's been enjoyable um besides that been to the lake a couple times uh kept up with the browns and making cedar point i have not made it up to cedar point 
I normally just got uh, the gold pass, 150th anniversary. I've been uh, hanging out there a lot. I'm so jealous. I, we were actually, I, my brother has a camper up there in Bay Point, and I kept bugging him. I'm saying, hey, let's go to Cedar Point. And he's like, no, 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 no. And we, we ended up not going. It was over 4th of July. Uh, I was so disappointed because obviously living in Atlanta now, I don't get very many opportunities to go up to Cedar Point. But uh, mm-hmm. I am going to make it back one, one day. Good, good. That's good. Oh, and by the way, this format of how was your summer couldn't be more first day of school like. Uh, how you're all just kind of sitting around and that teacher passes around the paper that asks you about your favorite color, how many siblings you have, and then what you did over the summer. I feel like I'm back in like second grade filling that out, trying to impress the teacher and not piss off uncle. <laughs> you pass the notes in the back of the class there, young man. Yeah, you know I did. I got detentions for it all the time. Sorry, Mom. Um, but it was. It really was a great summer. I enjoyed absolutely. the break. Uh, but I'm 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 happy to be back recording the podcast, and I'm hoping uh, everyone is uh, ready to to hear our skewed takes on Cleveland sports and Ohio sports. I mean, it's been a great summer uh, just following training camp for the Browns and and watching the Indians and the Cavs have been kind of defunct but you know the excitement about Ohio State coming uh, and all the new additions and Ryan Day coming on on the field and their first game against FAU and how everything looked there uh, you know a few things that happened on the side you know with the Indians we know that we lost Kluber and Carrasco and Clevenger for quite some time. And I told you guys back in May, watch out for the Minnesota Twins. And here we are today. We're, what, six, six and a half games six behind the half. Twins. Yeah. It's, so are breaking home run records. They're I know. Absolutely it's like destroying. We had a phenomenal summer, the Indians did. And they, they yeah. actually had the lead. What was it, one game? They had a one-game lead on the Twins for a while there. But then the schedules flipped again, and all of a sudden the, the Twins have the soft schedule. The Indians had a little bit of a rough patch. And then they lose a game last night, unbelievably, when Carrasco came in and lost that game to the Sox. That was a, that was a killer. But I still think we're going to make it the playoffs. Uh, the division is going to be tough. Uh, I think we're going to be one of the wildcard teams. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be definitely, definitely an interesting October with the Browns and the Indians. Um, I am a little bit excited for the Cavs, but they're definitely not in the forefront of my, my, uh, sports, uh, you know, the Cavs are not at the forefront of people's (laughs) minds when the best, the baguette, the wow, talking is difficult. The best and biggest thing that happened over the summer was the release of the (laughs) new classic uniforms, which I actually am very excited about, unlike everybody else. Those uniforms. Those were one of the worst uniforms they've ever done in the 90s. Guys, you were a little younger. Those were a little younger. I didn't exist when these uniforms (laughs) were fine. I wasn't even an itch in my dad's pants yet. Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp, who might be your father, wore those stupid uniforms. They're terrible. If they were going to go throwback, they should have went back to the the 80s throwbacks, Mark Price, Brad Doherty days. Well, you got a year of Mark Price in these uniforms. There's a picture of him wearing the white version and being a uh, another white basketball player. I can I can feel on a different level with that. So (laughs) it's I don't know. I just always found the color. The color's cool. I'm into the classic throwback stuff. Yeah, they could have gone back farther. And I'm sure people the general consent would have been, you know, maybe better received. But I think and, you know, I could be wrong on this. The Cavs, and this is not a hot take here, the Cavs are going to suck next year, right? That's oh, you know, pretty well known. Yeah. So why would they bring out all the cool stuff now when we suck 
why not, you know, keep some of that in your back pocket? And when we start turning around, when we get, you know, some more good draft picks and LeBron comes back and Bronny Jr. is here and, you know, we decide to be really, really, really good again. I'm joking. Well, that's not happening, first of all. (laughs) Entirely joking. Point being, you can't. Second of all, they're doing this. Yeah, they're doing this so that you can have idiots on Twitter say, I like the Cavs when Colin Sexton was in his second year. <laughs> that will be me. Absolutely. Yes, I will gladly take that idiot Twitter uh, designation there. And I'll be the first person in line to buy the Darius Garland version of the new Cavs uniform. But Yikes. that was talking basketball and talking baseball. I would truly like to dedicate the next 13 and a half hours to what is absolutely number one priority at hand. I know you've all been waiting for it. U.S. Open tennis. All right. What'd you guys think? <laughs> I know Federer lost. Actually, you know, Djokovic yeah, had Federer lost. Problems. Actually, the, the women's, I watched the women, Coco. That, I mean, how could you not like Coco and uh, Osaka? Osaka, I think. Osaka, Osaka, Osaka. Yeah, Osaka. Oh, my God. Which the well, craziest thing to me is she's playing Osaka, for Japan, but yeah. she's American, which is still the strangest thing to me. I, I guess. You know, she wants to play for the heritage of, I think, her father, which is cool. But the tennis match, that was probably the best match of the the entire uh, U.S. Open that I watched. What, Coco versus Osaka? Yeah. That wasn't even a match. I'm pretty sure she got down in two sets. But, yeah, no, no I totally get seeing It Coco. was the excitement of watching it. Agreed. Going against the number one player in the in the world who ended up losing, get actually getting ridiculously upset in the next, you know, the next round. This is way too much tennis talk. This was just supposed to be a funny joke. I was to, say, to yeah, have you lost me too. The hell ago. brought up tennis. That was kind of the joke, but, but in case Thanks for the ten for the ten percent of people who actually give a crap, you're welcome. Now <laughs> on to football. Drew, where would you guys like to start? Should we start I, at the NFL? Yeah, I was gonna say Drew. No, I was gonna say Drew. Let's talk Buckeyes real quick. Uh, because we know we're going to be inundated with Browns talk. I mean, there's just so much hype around the brown and orange. So, just, man, break down some Buckeyes for us, Drew. Buckeyes, dude. So the defense looks so looks so much better through you know two quarters compared to last year. They're playing um, a lot more zone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're not getting beat all the time. The linebackers, you, they seem like they're they're where they're supposed to be ninety percent of the time. I hate Fair- Borland and Turner. Yeah, but how about Chase Young? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I mean, our defense with Chase Young, as long as Chase Young does not get hurt, yeah. and I know that all the national pundits have been saying the same thing, but he very well may be better than both of the Bosa brothers. Uh, he was just dominant. Now, obviously, we'd like to see him against you know a little more stout competition, but he was a man amongst boys. I mean, he looked like Miles Garrett, which is scary to think about. If, yeah. if we didn't have the quarterbacks this year in the draft, he would probably be number one for sure. I think but, he still has an outside shot of taking number one spot just because of the premium placed on the defensive end position. If we find a team that already has maybe a quarterback in training that is still, you know, maybe developing somebody and they're not convinced on one of the quarterbacks coming out, then I, I think it's a very possible situation that we could see him going number one overall. It's going to be really tough because the Dolphins are going to try to do everything they can to get that pick. Yeah, and I understand they are. You think so, but you think they're going to go after a quarterback? Yeah, I mean, the fact that Rosen couldn't beat out Fitzpatrick. Yeah, but they 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 usually tell you, though, to give a player three seasons. And this is Rosen's second season. And yes, he's going to be behind Fitzpatrick, but you got to wait until after next year. I think they traded so much away. 
for Rosen. I mean, I guess not in the grand scheme of things. They traded away for a you know a first round pick. pick. It wasn't a first round pick for Rosen. Yeah, but it's still quite a bit. uh, You know, when you talk about you're giving up picks for a quarterback, so they do have a little bit invested in them. So I would think I don't know. I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe they do go ahead and do that, but I uh, who knows. I I mean, here are my sorry about that. I'll let you go ahead, and then I want to jump in with my quick takeaways from the Buckeye game. If I'm in that situation, I'm going to get one of the quarterbacks at the top of this draft. But, I mean. Easier said than done. Yeah, they do what, did what you they think want. about uh What did you think about Justin Fields, Drew? Oh, my gosh. The kid, the, he's like, honestly, people are going to give him so much crap about how he throws the ball. And they have for like two years now. But, I mean, he's going to have so many weapons around him. It's going to be so easy for him. And I honestly think he has a chance to be a pretty high draft pick once he comes out. Tough. Tough to say. It's really difficult to evaluate those guys at the next level until you've got a lot more film on them. But here, I guess, here are my quick takeaways from the Buckeye game. I was there. Tailgating was great. The weather was fantastic. So these are all very good things for the start of the year for Buckeye football. (laughs) Now to the game. Uh, Justin Fields, yes, I think the kid has every trait necessary to be a Heisman winning quarterback on a national championship team. That's not saying that he will not saying that that's what the Buckeyes will accomplish this year, but he has the ability to do it. There's a reason why he was the second highest rated prospect coming out of that class, an absolute bomb five star only behind Trevor Lawrence. Uh, One of the things that I think he could definitely work on, and I'm not going to, you know, completely harp on this because it's against FAU and everything comes with, you know, a, a little bit of an asterisk next to it because it's the first game and a new offense for someone who, you know, is a transfer quarterback and still getting to know his teammates and all that. But it seemed like when he dropped back and the offensive line did a fantastic job of creating protection for him and giving him plenty of time to throw. And not that when he took too long to throw the ball that passes were coming up incomplete but against good teams the amount of time he was taking to make a decision to throw the ball to somebody who was wide open you know less than a second or two off of the ball concerns me a little bit because I think pass rushes against better teams big 10 teams in particular there are a plenty of you know first second round talent in the NFL that's going to be coming at you from the defensive end position and is going to force you to make decisions at a quicker pace and I Knowing what we have on this, you know, roster for backup quarter quarterback wise, do not want to see him taking some of the hits that he took Gosh, on Saturday. Well, well you like- know, it's funny. Ryan Day's first game, and I don't know about you guys, but actually, it's funny. You know, we jumped out. What was it? Twenty-eight to nothing. Was it twenty-eight, 28 or twenty-one in the first? 28 After to nothing. We were first twenty-one to zero. I sat there with a calculator and calculated out what we were on pace to score. <laughs> And we were well, on pace at that point to score 140 points. Yeah, but you knew game. that wasn't going to happen. And what they did I is know. They let off the, I, you know, no, I know, but they let off the gas. And I think what happened was is that they got so far out in front that they just they, Ryan Day completely let off. And I think the players let off because they got too comfortable. And so, like for three fourths of that game, they they it was it was a gross display of what should be a championship caliber team. I don't know about you guys, but the team and Ryan, Day, specifically Ryan Day, need to do better if they want to stay relevant all season long. Uh, you know that being in the top five now is great, but you can't let FAU come back and score twenty one points on you. you. Had them down twenty one nothing in the first quarter. You're Ohio State, you Clemson, Alabama. 
now you got to kind of throw a Georgia in there too. You're expected to beat these teams handedly, and they did, but unfortunately the final score doesn't look like what it really was mm-hmm. because they completely let off. And I'm telling you what, the offense looked like garbage, yeah. uh, you know, for three quarters of the game. Fields look great, but the rest of the team, I was kind of like, what in the hell's going on here? And Ryan Day, I, I really got a question if he was able to motivate them after the second quarter or after the, yeah, after the halftime, I am a little concerned right there and we'll, we'll hold off on any judgments because it is kind of like the preseason for college football, but uh, guys, it was FAU. We sh- that game should have been like what Penn state did. It should. Unfortunately, like- that's what the Buckeyes continue to do year after year. They play to their competition level. You stack us up against the best teams in the nation and we'll be competing, you know, handedly right with everybody else. It you stick us against a really bad team, and we're going to just – well, it's it, it was like the the Browns game versus the Bengals last year. I don't know if you guys remember that game at the end of the season where the Browns came out on absolute fire, fire. scored yep. on every drive for the first four drives, I believe. Yep. And then at that point, we knew the game was over, but you still have to play the rest of the game. And they didn't care about it. They weren't taking chances. They weren't doing the things that allowed them to score touchdowns early on. And that's exactly what the Buckeyes did. They stopped airing the ball out and looking down the field where their cornerbacks, where their uh, receivers had an obvious, you know, mismatch versus their defensive backs. And and it, you need to stay like, on the gas. It, it felt like trestle ball is what it felt like, you know, because oh, trestle when yeah. he was in charge. It's a good point. You know, he, we, He'd get off on those big leads, and then he let off the gas, and the team would get too comfortable, and they just it they felt stale. Uh, I mean, Drew, what did, what did you think, Drew? Um, one real interesting thing you saw once Dobbins fumbled that ball, Master T came in and pounded that ball on the ground, and I mean Dobbins was kind of put on blast. I mean, he can't be doing that, especially if you're going to do that against FAU. You you can't be doing that against big teams. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they got to just stay focused there. And I think that's just, that's the leadership's problem. You got to keep those guys foot on the pedal, you know, until the very end of the game. I mean, even when you have third string kids in there, they still got to be out there playing ball. I think Dobbins was probably the biggest disappointment in the game for me. Dobbins. And then maybe just because I've got a fierce aggression towards these two players because of the play they gave last year. And then somehow they're still starting this year, but tough Borland and, and Werner are two guys that I do not think should be in the starting lineup. And I definitely believe that, you know, our running backs are solid and that, you know, Dobbins deserves the starting spot, but Werner and Borland Borland is so one dimensional. He is only able to step up and fill, you know, the A gap and make a tackle if someone's directly in front of him. He can't cover anyone when the pass when people drop back to pass. He's too slow. And if you get him anywhere out in open space, he just it's not even that he misses a tackle. He can't get to the person because the person will make a juke and by the time he even like makes a, a move towards the ball, the guy's three yards past him. And Werner, a guy that's so undersized, you would think, you know, the reason why he's out there if he's undersized is because he can cover you know, cover the pass and is extremely fast. And I'm just not seeing the speed that I would think he would, you know, to rely on to, to help cover these guys. He made a few big mental errors and how he pursued the ball and let, you know, simple cuts, you know, completely deter him from his pursuit to the ball. And I'm concerned about the linebacking core yet again. Unfortunately, that was our biggest weakness last year, along with cornerback play. But obviously we've gotten a little bit older and people have stepped up there. And I think that's going to be a bigger strength this year, but I am completely still 
uh, questioning what's going on at the linebacker play, and that's my biggest concern for the defense right now. Yeah, I would I would agree. Um, I think they're in their lanes more than they were last year. Um, they were just out of place a lot last year, and then, I mean, it's hard to get back where you're supposed to be. But, like, it's kind of surprising with Werner because he was – I'm pretty sure he was, like, a four- or five-star linebacker coming out of high school. And normally Ohio State's done a pretty good job developing those kind of guys. And then the gap when they don't do as good of a job as when they're just not recruiting kids like that. So – but they've I mean, got four and five stars available behind them, right? And they just made they're they're probably just not as experienced. But I mean, at some point, at some point, you, you got to think about making a change if that if that stuff continues. Which that's game one, so we'll see mm-hmm. how it progresses. But I mean, yeah, I, at some point, you gotta you gotta say the the kid behind him is more talented, and may not have the experience, but we're gonna have to play him. All right, Eric, who is your favorite receiver on this Ohio State team that brings back so many people even after graduating so many talented Olave. wide receivers Olave uh, it, oh, it's yeah. A, yeah it's Olave I mean it is and he showed flashes last season um and Michigan. I'm just yeah and I'm just so happy for the kid because you know if I'm not mistaken he did, he wasn't even recruited very heavily correct uh so the fact that he's balling out and he just he looked like he had a good connection with Fields and what I'm excited to see how that I'm excited to see how that develops over the season. And uh, you know, as as long as Ryan Day's got the ship going in the right direction and we are quote unquote directionally correct, I think everything else is gonna fall into place. Because again, guys, it is Ohio State football. We're not talking about, you know, being Purdue or Indiana or if you want to talk SEC if you're a Kentucky or like Tennessee that got embarrassed that by Georgia bad. State. <laughs> Uh, you know, so Ohio State's going to play well. We don't have off years, kind of like Alabama. You know, you don't necessarily have to go and rebuild. You know, you just reload. Um, we're not going to have a Luke Fickle uh, year like we had in between, uh, right. you know, with uh, when Tr- Trestle left. So, But it's going to be a little bit different this year. I think uh, Ryan Day can learn from Urban Meyer. Uh, the mistakes last year, I think he already has on defense, you know, again, because they, they did move from man-to-man to zone. So mm. you did see a much better defensive performance. So I think we're going to see a better defensive performance. And I think as long, like I said, as long as they keep the ship directionally correct on the offense, we won't have any problems. A good, healthy mix of the run in the pass, and especially when the weather starts getting colder, you you just remember that Ohio State is infamous for their running backs and just keep yes, giving them the ball and let Fields do his thing. Uh, yeah, you know, like his his touchdown run. All right, that was an absolute thing of beauty. He didn't – he's not a run-first quarterback, but he took the open field and he had the speed to get down the line on the left side. It was fantastic. So He didn't even uh, get touched. No, not, not at all. And then I'd pass that same question over to you, Drew. Who who are you? And maybe not even keeping it to wide receiver. Who Who is the individual on the offense that, whether it's the person you think will have the most impact, obviously I know quarterback, but who are you most excited to maybe watch? Offense? Um, offensively, my favorite player, I've watched him for a couple years from high school, is Jeremy Ruckert, that tight end. Uh, that kid is possibly going to be the best tight end Ohio State's had in a very long time. And, and he's not saying a lot because there's a lot of guys in the NFL right now that come from Ohio State's tight end group. And the big thing right now, the reason, like, he's more of a, he's more of like a slot receiver. They're going to play him out wide a lot more. 
because like, like Luke Farrell be in there for the rundowns mm-hmm. and the pass block, but Ruckert is like a legit tight end threat down the field. Um, he's kind of what the Browns wanted with Seth the Valve, but the Valve was never healthy. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you watch, he'll probably go finally stay healthy and actually be worth something. Former uh, Cleveland Brown, yeah. Seth DeValve. Yeah. But May he rest in peace. That's the kind of guy he's going to be, man. I mean, he's a better athlete than DeValve. And DeValve mm-hmm. was a pretty good athlete. Um, if you just look up his like his athletic testing, he was actually a pretty good athlete for his size. Um, and it just never worked out. So Interesting. Was he the one that caught, I believe, I could be wrong here, did he have two touchdowns on Saturday? Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, production right out of the gate, that's what you like to see from the tight end position. So that'll be interesting to see how they utilize him. I know Ohio State is something that's definitely valuable. Tight ends at Ohio State are definitely valuable, but I definitely wouldn't say um, they've had as much of a push to get someone the ball as much as they might be with this individual, mainly because they play much more like a slot receiver, like you said. Yep, absolutely. He's he's got that uh he's got that basketball jump. You can go up and get the ball and bring it down. Whereas like uh you know a lot of a lot of the older tight ends that would go out, kind of running out routes and you just hit them with a little four or five yard passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kid I think he's six four six five um and he's gonna he's gonna out jump ninety nine percent of corners in the league. So it'll be fun to watch him, especially only a sophomore. So we'll have him around. That's what I like to hear. All right, you guys wanna you guys wanna start talking about Cleveland Browns football, uh, or that? do you want me to just start screaming uh, for how excited <laughs> I am? Uh, yeah, just start screaming. Let's well, before before you move on, real quick, we do have Cincinnati next weekend, and it's coming back. So I just want to see. I think that this is going to be a little bit of a test for the Buckeyes. I don't know if you guys agree, but I think Fickle and most of the team, because a lot of those guys are Ohio State, I don't want to call them rejects, but they didn't get the offers from Ohio State. So I see this being a 45-21 to 21 type game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than the FAU game because I think the Bearcats are going to come at us hard. Just real quick, what do you guys think? And then we can move on to the Browns. Drew, I'll let you take this first. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Cincinnati's coming off a, a win against UCLA. Who's not UCLA? Who's old. hot garbage. Yeah, but I mean – that's uh, that's a, a decent team to beat, and they're gonna come in, you know, fired up. And if we if we don't come in the same way, it could get interesting for a while. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really good point. I think the Buckeyes, unfortunately, because of the prestige of the program and the success they've had over you know the last however many years since you know since this whole thing started, there is no lack of motivation when teams come into the shoe or when you play Ohio State. Everybody's fired up and gives you their best shot. And Ohio State doesn't have that mentality every week. That mentality doesn't usually start until, you know, halfway through Big Ten play when you start getting matched up against some of the big players, you know, in the Big Ten. Your your Penn States, your Iowa's, your Michigan States, that's when Ohio State, to me, I believe, gets fired up and brings that motivation and determination into the game. I'm questioning whether or not Ryan Day is going to have them, you know, as hyped and has, you know, taken this game as seriously as they need to if, you know, that FAU game is any sort of, a, you know, a placeholder for what might well, like to come. Well, we will see. I'll just give you guys a big old OH. I-O. I-O. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. 
All right. Hey, so talk about someone that doesn't need motivation. But let's talk about the Brownies. And, man, I'm telling you what, I've never – look, you guys are younger, so you guys have only seen garbage crap football for the past two decades. And, you know, since 99, we've had two decent seasons uh, in that entire stretch. And the one season we did make it to the playoffs, we had no business being there, even though we were very happy to be in the playoffs. But I will tell you, I haven't seen this much hype around the team since probably like 87, 88, 89. Uh, And I don't have to tell you what happened in those years. I was a teenager back then, but I will tell you what. The hype right now, the hype train around the Browns, not only locally in Cleveland, but I will tell you nationally, especially being here in Atlanta, the hype train is real, guys. And for the first time in literally 20 years, I can actually tell people I'm a Browns fan. And when they tell <laughs> tell me that I'm a bandwagon guy because of OBJ or for because of Baker, <laughs> I tell them to stick it so far up their ass because <laughs> I am so I, I have never been so pumped up and there's so much going on around this team right now from marketing standpoint to today. They just told us that we're getting the primary colors. The, the, the They're not even calling them color rush anymore. They're just calling them primary colors, the primary jerseys. So that's happening. I, there's just so much going on. OBJ, Juice, Baker, Garrett, Ob, uh, Obanjobi. Uh, the Sheldon gang's Richards. all here, oh, baby. Oh my God, guys, this, this is going to be so <laughs> phenomenal this year. And then you don't even—we didn't even mention Chubb and and Joku. I I don't know Titans this weekend, guys. What do you got? What's going on? Drew, I'll let you take the floor. Uh, we're gonna have one big punt and a spear from our rugby kicker, the Scottish Hammer. Oh my gosh! I like guys. It like actually actually excites me. That he made the team, not that Colquitt wasn't good, but like this dude punts the ball and wants to go down and hit somebody. Like, how many punters in the league, besides like Pat McAfee, obviously, is crazy enough to go down there and try to absolutely destroy someone's world? Like, and we have him in Cleveland on top of all the rest of the players we've got. Um, I think Sunday exam is going to be very interesting to see. How hey, wait, wait, real quick, real quick. I just because you mentioned the Scottish hammer. Yeah. How freaking cool is it that he found out he made the roster when he was sitting at a bar? <laughs> <with his dad laughs> the bar? That was the Scottish thing I've ever heard of in my life. I will tell you, hey, I will tell you this. A little little anecdote doesn't matter for much, but my my stepmother, uh, my dad has been married to her for over 35 years or whatever it's been. But anyhow, she's from Scotland. And so she was ecstatic. And it was so funny. I mean, all the Scottish jokes came out. Like I, I told her, I said, uh, I said, hey, guess what? The Scottish Hammer made the the uh, the roster for the year because he killed it in preseason. Uh, <laughs> and then she slapped you the face joke. and said, "Don't ever disrespect me like that again." <laughs> no, she she laughed. It was extremely <laughs> funny. But come on, dad jokes for days. No, I. But hey, you you're talking about that. The one guy I am concerned about is Siebert. Uh, Drew, I completely interrupted you, but we're talking kicking game. But go on. I'm no, no. pumped up with the Scottish Hammer. Absolutely. Um, and and with, you know, the kicking spot, um, they've talked about him changing up his, his technique a little bit over the past couple of weeks, and they've seen a big difference. So that I'm interested to see how much that's changed with him because, I mean. I know, because you're the side guy. 
And yeah. the soccer guy is most interested in the kick <laughs> game, the game that everybody else in America is trying to weed out of football, <laughs> which, by the way, I don't agree with. I think they should keep the kicking game as is. I think they've killed football with removing the kickoffs and the thing. Everything they've done to the kicking game is nonsense, but that's besides the point. But isn't it nice, guys, that we can actually talk about Cleveland Browns football and have us worried about the freaking kicker? Kicker, right? The freaking kicker. We don't have to worry about the quarterback. We don't have to worry about who he's throwing it to. The only concern that everyone has outside kicker might be the offensive line, but yep. quite honestly, guys, I I don't have those same concerns because everyone always said that you need a good offensive line to protect your quarterback, and I think a lot of people were living in the past and living in their fears of like when we had Tim Couch because we had a crappy patchwork offensive line that got Tim Couch killed. The problem right. was you had a rookie come in who was learning the ropes, and he didn't have – I love Tim Couch. I'm not going to knock him, but he didn't have the athletic ability of, say, a Baker Mayfield. The great thing about Baker is, is Baker makes his offensive line much better. If you look at the games from last year he played in, it's pretty much the same offensive line that we have this year, and he didn't get sacked. I mean, he did not get sacked because he makes the best decisions, and he knows when to get rid of it. He knows when to move up in the pocket. He gets the ball out so darn quick. He's going to make that offensive line so much better. So I'm not concerned about the offensive line i am concerned about kicker and drew if you could kick a football 60 yards i think you should try out uh funny thing i actually just had a uh strength and conditioning coach ask me to kick for a college the other day so that might just happen um do you have any eligibility left uh, i got all four years so that might be a thing in the future <laughs> not yeah, in uh <laughs> now rolling out to kick the ball seventy-four. <laughs> Just tell no, me we're so, first team all all intramural, dude. Absolutely yeah. killed it at Ashland. Um, absolutely. Uh, side note for the kicking thing: for all the haters that want to trash Carly Lloyd, uh, the Titans just signed a five eight, one hundred and sixty pound kicker to kick for them Sunday. So I really don't want to hear it uh, from anyone that says she can't play football who, because who she. Who said that? Actually, because I love Carly Lloyd, and I I would love to actually see if a female were to play professional football that's going to be obviously your path of least resistance is to get into yep. the kicking game i yep. don't know if i necessarily would want a female to be back there punting because punters get pummeled a lot yep. more often than replace kickers but i would tell you what if anybody were to do it you know if i would love to see like a carly lloyd i i don't know if alex morgan's physical enough but there are plenty of great u.s soccer players uh, that Dunn, Crystal Dunn, would be an amazing player to to get one of those place kicking jobs. I think you're going to see it. I don't think you're going to see it within the next ten years, but I guarantee you're starting to see female uh, players in the college ranks. And I think it's just a matter of time before we see a professional player uh, or a professional woman's football player. And I would not be shocked if uh, Vince McMahon and the XFL try to give that a go. <laughs> I, I definitely you, think you that it's. Of you a laugh, possibility gonna... within the XFL. I I don't yeah. think any. I don't. I maybe maybe Drew and I in our lifetime might see a female kicker in the NFL, but I don't think in your lifetime that will be happening. I'm not that much older. <laughs> no, I actually I do think I think you give it about. I I guarantee by 2030 that you will have seen one or maybe two uh, females that have played in the NFL. It's just going to happen, guys. It's the, the world we live in now, and I think it's going to happen. And I think Carly Lloyd 
has opened that door for conversation. I'm not well, saying because it's she kicked happen. a 50-yard field goal. Any good college kicker could go out there and hit that exact same Ooh. kick she did if you got ah. the right thing filmed. I I'll be I'll be honest. I don't oh, think she has boy. a lick of a chance to be on an NFL roster. You know how many other kickers who have literally trained their entire lives have 10 times more leg strength and have the ability to do that on a much more consistent basis there are that are literally just sitting like well, you're at their couch right now like a true rucker? Look, you're just saying Carly Lloyd, but I, I, I'm I, telling you that there will be a female in the NFL. I do truly believe it. Uh, and at the place kicker position. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not rooting against it. I would love to see it. It'd be one of the most marketable games, you know, you know, teams, jerseys that you could imagine in the NFL. I think it'd be, you know, a and lot of look, fun to watch. I'm not rooting against and it. And look, and look, the reason it's going to happen is because they have regulated the kicking game out of football. They have basically made the place kicker, you know, it, they're not even necessary anymore. That's why you're going to see it. If this were seven, eight years ago, and we had the same conversation, it would be much more laughable because we still had, you know, extra points around the three yard line. We still had kickoffs that were full bore. You know, now it's, you know, they're almost as protected as the quarterback. So I think that you could see it because they're a protected position. You're not going to see it in the punting game. I don't, like I said, I don't think you could see that in the punt, but, uh, I don't know. How do we get off on this tangent? We were talking about Browns football, and now we're talking about kickers. Because, Drew, we're talking about the most hyped football team in the NFL, and the first thing he leads with is punting. Soccer. Soccer. Drew goes right back to soccer. (laughs) All right. Unreal. We're talking about the most hyped franchise in all of sports currently, and the first tangent we get off on is rookie punter and kickers. Unreal. Unreal. Hey, I what? drafted him, so you gotta let me have my my time here. You have so, your moment, buddy boy. I'm so, ready to start talking about the real Browns football. Uh, uh, yeah, yes. Here we go. So a couple things, and then I'll pass the mic. So the first thing I'm looking for Sunday is how quick our offense comes out and is moving the ball. That's gonna be a big thing. I think it may take him a drive or two, but after that, I think it's good to go time. Second. The Tennessee's line is not very good to start with. They're down their left tackle. They're right down their best player on their offensive line. Not just any guy, the best one. Their left tackle's out. Their right tackle was not at practice today. So they're they're not only playing their swing tackle at left tackle, they may be playing a backup right tackle as well. And if that's the case, I feel really sorry for Marcus Mariota because his afternoon is not going to be fun. Marcus is going to change his name before the start of the game, so I wouldn't even worry about it. He's not going to be in the same zip code as this stadium. (laughs) If I were him, I wouldn't show up. Most lines right now uh, have us at like five and a half, six point favorites. When was the last time we were (laughs) a home opening favorite? It it just, this is unbelievable. Typically, this would be a push game with the old Browns, or it might be a three point favorite, but we are a heavy favorite. You know, look, five and a half, six points is a Heavy yep. favorite against the and Titans. I think and it's honestly a little low. I'll be the first I to say it. I think it's a little low. And I think the over-under <laughs> for the game is like 45 and a half or 47 points. I think I saw maybe 47 points, which I actually think that's too low. Uh, I don't think our defense is our defense is going to be phenomenal. That front line is going to crush Mariota. I think it actually 
wasn't it? Did I not hear that Mariota actually w- may not even be playing? I have uh, not heard that previously. He, he will start, but him and Tannehill were fighting for that starting spot. Um, yeah, because I heard that he's still ailing a little bit, and I ha- I don't follow Titans football. You know, it's just uh, obviously, but I do know a little bit. But I do know he was ailing all summer. Um, but it's it's funny. I think the big key matchup. Uh, like you guys said, we're, you know they're missing key parts on their offensive line. There's no way that they're going to keep uh, Vernon and Miles and Ogunjobi and Richardson out of that defensive backfield. There's just no way. And then you no throw chance. in the rookies like Mac Wilson. I think Mac Wilson is going to. That's my. That's the player I'm going to be watching all day on Sunday on the defensive side of the ball, which sounds ridiculous because he seems like you know why Mac Wilson guys. He played. He was a, a starter at Alabama. The kid was amazing at Alabama. I watched a lot of Alabama football, unfortunately, uh, but he is going to be an All-Pro. Look, if Joe Schobert, which I do, I think Joe Schobert is uh, critically hammered way too much. I, I he's a fine player. I like but Joe Schobert. Joe, he's yeah, totally, I do too. Yeah, yeah he's Joe totally... Schobert's a great player. But I will tell you what. Joe Schobert made the all uh, made the uh, Pro Bowl team. Okay, we're going to go past Pro Bowl for Mac Wilson. He will be an All Pro. Mark my words. It might not be this year. He's a rookie, but give it two, three years, and you're not going to be talking about him in the same breath as you will uh, Khalil Mack. But he's going to be in that second echelon of linebackers. I I just have a good feeling about him, guys. He's the Vontae Mack of this draft, even though he's drafted in the fifth round. But <laughs> I would love for that to be the case, and that would make me very excited. I'm glad somebody will be watching Mack because I know Drew will obviously be too focused staring at the long, luscious locks of Jamie Gillen. So uh, that's good that somebody He'll will have this. breaking down Austin Siebert's kick. Ooh, that was a good, good kick. He hit that right, <laughs> right on the side of his foot, up through the uprights. Oh, just the follow through is so great. <laughs> Sorry, that was the best no, looking no, hold no, I've ever seen in my life. Hey, I'll tell you what. The whole stadium did that the Jets game last year. What's that? Watch the kicker and warm ups. Remember that, Brandon? Yeah, I do when remember the, that. The whole place went wild. That was cool. That was cool. Caleb because Lord have mercy knows that we needed a kicker after those and, that start to that season. Uh yeah, and you know where Zane Gonzalez is now? Is he on the Jets, really? Sorry, just, not the Jets, the Titans. Who, that, who's he on? That, um, I forget who he plays for. He drilled a 54-yarder. Like, yeah, didn't he get signed two. by Phoenix? Yeah, he's like he's University a starting kicker somewhere. The Cardinals? Yeah, I think I want to say it was I think it was Arizona. I say Phoenix, but it, I think Phoenix it was Arizona. Was. I got to double-check that, guys, but I don't know. But, hey, are you guys at all concerned that Odell Beckham – didn't really see the field at all in preseason. Uh, Landry really didn't either, but I'm not worried about Landry because he already, you know, nope. he's been in the Browns mix. But are you guys at all worried about Odell? Because I think, nope. I, not that he was injured, but do you think that nope. they held him back too much? Nope, non concern. He's a professional. Nope. He's going to go out there and do uh, his job. Quit drinking the Colin Coward juice. I no, 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 no. I don't drink the Colin Coward. I'm just, I'm asking. It's a question for me to you. It has nothing no, to I do think... with that blowhard. I truly think he is going to be fine. Um, you know, I guess I don't have, you know, the MRIs or whatever. You know, I don't have the report directly in front of me indicating exactly what he's suffering through or what he might be, you know, where his pain levels are at. But, you know, I don't think the Browns are in any rush to get him back if, you know, if he 
is feeling pain through the first couple of snaps. I think we're, you know, that's a position group that we feel pretty confident about right now, even if he is not on the field at the start, that we can, you know, slowly work him into it. We don't have to have him be in every single down wide receiver to the point where he's never going to be able to fully recover. So that is one thing I'm really glad that we've got a good system around to allow him to heal properly if that's the case. And if not, then let's let him run wild and let's score a crap ton of touchdowns and help out a lot of Cleveland guys' fantasy teams. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's that banged up, honestly. Um they were just holding him out a lot of precautionary stuff. And I think I think it was Baker that got asked about Odell not playing as much in the preseason. And he said, I think it was him that said that last year Landry didn't play that much in the preseason either. And they were like, he wasn't worried about it at all. So, I mean, if my quarterback. It's not from a lack that, of getting reps with your quarterback. Those guys yeah, have been throwing the ball to each other, you know, for months now, every day. That's not a, that's not a, that's a non-factor for how people should be evaluating this. But, sure. you know, I, I'm i really excited. I think I believe the game is going to be uh, – I don't want to, you know, jinx ourselves, but I think we're going to absolutely slit their throats and just stomp all over the field with them. I, I have such little respect for Marcus Mariota as a passer or Tannehill if he comes in. I have no fear whatsoever that our cornerbacks aren't able or up to handling that responsibility. You know, I think – the limited ability to throw the ball down the field will hurt them badly because we're going to be getting to the quarterback very quickly. They're going to have to get rid of the ball extremely fast. If we have these linebackers that are being praised as much as what I'm hearing is what I'm sure you're hearing, this is going to be a very long game for the Titans offense on top of the line concerns, which are dramatic. They are going to be starting a left tackle who has never started a game at left tackle. Wrap your head around that. That is not something you want going against one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL in the yeah. first week. I am terrified for Marcus Mariota and I, Giddy at the he, same time. He is – you know what? Honest to goodness, and I, I don't wish injury, injury upon anybody, but he has a very real possibility of getting injured in this game, and we might see Ryan Tannehill uh, come into the game. And it's – I hate saying it, but Mariota's kind of got that, that – you know, history of having that glass jaw. And uh, I hate it for him because I actually did like him back in Oregon when he played in college. Uh, but I just, I, his, since his rookie season, he's kind of fell off and it's been all part and parcel to injuries. Um, one of the concerns I have, guys, uh, for the Browns, that is, other than, you know, we were talking about the kicking game, is our depth right now at running back and what kind of load they're going to give Nick Chubb. I don't have any concerns about Nick Chubb. I do think Nick Chubb's going to have a stellar season. I have him, you know, I'm thinking he's going to be about 1,200 yards, maybe about uh, eight touchdowns combined between the ground and air. Uh, But right now, number two is Dontre Hillard, and then our third back is Ernest Johnson. Ernest Johnson. I like him. Yeah. Yeah, he had a he had a good showing against the, the second and third teamers in the preseason, and he got a lot of work. Uh, but I, I'm a little concerned, you know, for those first nine weeks until Kareem Hunt comes back. Our running back depth, at least on paper, it looks like we have Nick Chubb and then nobody. I actually have a little bit more faith in in Hilliard than I think maybe a lot of the other Cleveland Browns fans do. Not that I have, you know, this inside knowledge that that everybody else doesn't possess I just I feel that he is going to be able to produce at least at you know at worst mediocre numbers and for a number two running back producing mediocre numbers is 
you know, totally fine. We can accept that and win games by having Nick Chubb take a few breaks and then have, you know, three yard rushes from our number two running back. I, I, I truly believe that the running back position is so expendable that there are going to be ways to hide weaknesses on this offense if that ever came to it where right. Nick Chubb got injured or something like that well so here, here's a question for both of you and I'll, I'll ask this to Drew and, and then to Brandon we can pass it to Brandon but if you had all right we as Clevelanders as Cleveland fans have always had this stigma attached to us or we had this this woe is me pitiful Cleveland attitude and we always went into it with a losing attitude so we don't have that right now in cleveland i don't feel it i don't even feel it in the, underlying. the opposite of it yeah it, there's so much <laughs> optimism and and not even hope it's expectation now but that yep. said so leading to my question what is the one thing that, that this weekend absolutely cannot happen other than losing the football game at home what is the one thing that absolutely cannot happen that may have those negative thoughts creep back into your head. And I'll start with Drew. Drew, what's gonna what would happen to bother you to put a damper on the start of the season? We're not oh, allowed to say Baker Mayfield gets injured. That is not yeah, allowed to be said. We're moving that's on. That's what I was gonna say was the big one. Um oh man, besides that, I mean, I expect us to win Sunday, but if we lost, it would wouldn't completely shock me. Um just I mean, first games are really weird, guys. Well, uh, but I know, but I already said you can't say other. I said uh, other than losing. So here, let me let me, other let me than jump losing. in and give you. Let me jump in and give you an example. For me, I'm <laughs> yeah. concerned. Let me show you how this is done. No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, little peppy boy. Why don't you listen here? <laughs> so for me, one thing that I would be concerned about would be if we start seeing more concussion problems for Denzel Ward. He's already had a few last year. He is a guy that I want to be on this roster for a very long time, and concussions are a very serious matter that the NFL is putting more thought into and is taking more caution with than ever before. I 100% do not want to see that man have any more head injuries, and that would be something that would concern me. All right. Now, you're now Drew, same kind of thing, and then I'll, I'll tell you what, what I'm going to look for. Okay, so mine would probably be the offensive line. Um, I know they were rough to start the year last year. Once scheme changed, once – Coaches got flipped over once Baker took over. Offensive line was so much better, partially because he got the ball out of his hands, but partially because they schemed so much better. I don't want to see that line take a step back um, because, I mean, basically the, the whole city's future is in their hands with Absolutely. Baker. And, and if they don't do their job, it's going to be a rough year. Um, so I don't. That, that would be my thing. If, the, if right. the line come out and looks just absolutely awful, and because uh, so, at this point there's there's not really any fixing it, it's yeah. you got to use the so here, in the best of what you got. Here, here's my biggest fear, and it's I, I'm I'm gonna try to put it into words and and have it make sense. My biggest fear is not if Baker and the offense play terrible and win the game because winning cures everything. You know, Baker goes out there and he's 13 for 26 and he only has 180 yards and a touchdown and a pick. And, you know, we win the game. I think everyone's going to look past all that. And what's going to concern me is if the offense comes out, sputters, plays terrible and we lose the game. That's what's going to concern me, because then you're going to have 
Oh my God! I don't even want to. I won't even tune in to sports radio on Monday morning if we lose that game and the Browns play terrible. If the Browns on offense play amazingly well, if Baker goes for three hundred and Jarvis and and Odell both have a touchdown and say we lose by a field goal and but it was a great game, I don't think it's doom and gloom then. But I do think if they play terrible on offense and we lose the game. That that all that negativity is going to creep back into Clevelanders' heads, and and I don't want that. So the best thing that the Browns can do is just win the game. I don't care if it's ugly, just win the game. And I think that it will be done. I think our defense is too good. I do foresee Marcus Mariota not finishing that game, and I'm not wishing an injury, but I do see us winning this game. And I honest to goodness, I think it's going to be like a 35 to 24 type game. Uh, the Titans will score some points. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be anything special. I think it's just going to be a bunch of garbage points, but I do see us winning this game 35 to about 24, and I see us ha- celebrating the next time we're on this pod. <laughs> I, we're going to have to start getting used to that, boy. It's going to be a lot more winning in this freaking beautiful city of Cleveland. Absolutely. I don't – honestly, as far as, like, game prediction, I I have a hard time seeing the Titans scoring a lot of points. Um, I honestly think – I think for them to beat us, they would have to score 24 to 28 points. To even you have mean Derrick Henry would have to score 24 yeah. to 28 points. If if we can get him off the field, that helps us a lot. Um, if he's not effective, their run game's gone, and that makes them very one-dimensional. Not that Mariota's going to come beat us with his arm, but I just don't see our, our defense giving up more than 14 to 17 points. And if, I mean, that's... The offense should be able to score that pretty easily, honestly. Um, I I could see it like a like a, a thirty thirty five to let's say seventeen win, and that's probably giving the Titans too many points. That's beautiful. I love that score. That sounds great. That would be very similar to what I would be expecting, and I would expect, you know, maybe some of those points come in garbage time. Uh, yep. I really do think that the the Browns are going to have a great game plan in place for Derrick Henry because I think that's the one piece on their offense that I think probably actually scares them or not scares them, but, you know, makes them think a little bit more because I think that they can game plan around Marcus Mariota's limitations in the passing game and knowing and, where he's at. I'm more worried about, I'm more worried about Delaney Walker. Um, just the tight ends getting loose. We had issues with that last year. Um, obviously, we had issues with the tight ends getting loose. So I, I, I'd be more concerned about Delaney Walker in the short pass game. Fair enough. That is what Mariota makes his money on. He's good at it from short distance. I mean, I think one game last year he uh, completed maybe it was 20-plus passes in a row because he just stick into that short yardage. And it's tough to guard if you've got the right play drawn up. You know, you got to be really on top of it. But you know, I do think we emerge as victors and uh, celebrate in Victory Monday and have a very happy and joyous uh, next week podcast where we're talking about what's next on the schedule and, you know, who's next in line to take a beating from the Browns. Absolutely. Hey, guys, it, it, I, unbelievably, you know, it's so much fun when you look at this, but we've been at this over an hour right now, and I would love to continue going all night, but Absolutely. we don't want to lose listeners, and I think it's been a great uh, reunion tour. I don't want to say reunion. We just took a little summer off, summer break. Football's back. Hot and summer. Our We're now. back. Yes, we are back. We are back. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just want to thank you guys. Thank you, uh, Drew. 
Uh, great hearing your voice again, and I Absolutely. can't wait to talk more football. And, and we'll get into Indians, and, and we'll get into the Cavs more, especially as October comes along and, sure. and one season's winding down and the other season's picking up. And I want to thank you again, Brandon, too. Again, it was awesome talking to you, catching up. Um, it, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, just want to say for myself, thank you so very much. And I look forward to a great, great, great Browns football season. Take it away, Brandon and Drew. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll end very short and simple. Here we go, Brownies. Here we go. Going to be an amazing season. Really excited for, uh, for what's to come and really excited to share those, you know, those thoughts and opinions with you guys. Thank you again for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Dog check. Have a good one. Later. Till next week.